1: And now he brings you even closer to the movers and shakers in the world of high-echelon tournament water skiing. From the founder and creator of the Waterski Broadcasting Company comes the TWBC Podcast. And now here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. Well, greetings one and all, and
0: uh, high salutations to every single one of you that's tuning in to this latest edition of the TWBC Podcast. I am the aforementioned Tony Lightfoot. And it's uh, great to have you on board and uh, also great to to have on board actually sitting across from me face-to-face because a lot of my podcasts in recent times have been been over Facebook Messenger or Zoom calls or stuff like that. I now actually have the grand opportunity to be sitting live face-to-face with none other than former world water ski champion, Freddie Winter.
2: Salutations, Tony.
0: Yes, indeed. So... (laughs) Uh, you've just come back from the Moomba Masters, isn't that correct?
2: Yep, I had a trip down there. It was, uh, it was actually a very, very enjoyable trip. I, um, often sort of struggled to ski down there. So I, I, I sort of didn't do so badly. So I was, I'm quite happy.
0: Okay, but uh, but certainly skiing in the Moomba Masters. I mean, it, uh, it, it it takes it takes a lot to get down there. It, uh, I'm not only not only with it with flights and all that kind of stuff, but just getting through all the formalities with visas and all that kind of stuff, you know. But you know, I mean, you've had troubles in the past getting into Australia. I mean, what what was different now aside from the pandemic?
2: In terms of getting in, I mean, I think I was ready to to get a visa. I I kind of knew that, um, you know, that we don't live in the same world that we did maybe two or three years ago, where you know travel is just so easy. We're now with sort of, you know, I don't know, vaccines and 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 various countries sort of not being open to to foreigners. So yeah, I got a, I got my visa, and you know that was, you sort of mentioned um, how hard it is to get down there. It's it you know, it it's the flight cost, it's the it's the visa cost, and the um, just the organizational situation which is it's not so easy but also you know just like any year going to Moomba, you got basically I don't know 45 days before you leave to to go from zero to 100 generally coming back from a, a you know a long winter where you might be a little bit heavy but um or a lot heavy and so you know in my case but um yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was not easy to get down this year. Flights were expensive, hotels expensive, visas, all that sort of stuff. But um, I, I'm so glad I went, and it was just massively worth the trip.
0: Now we spoke a little bit off camera before this interview uh, because. I mean, not only is the flight expensive to get to, but also also hotel and stuff like that. And you were kind of like lumped a little bit with double the cost for a hotel because <laughs> you were expecting to travel with one other skier. And unfortunately, he didn't have as lucky a time as making it through immigration as, as you did.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it was incredibly selfish of Joel Poland to uh, to not get it through. So I was uh, had to you know, pay the second half of the hotel room that we were booked for together. Um, ha ha, no. Uh, poor old Joel had a rough old time. It was really sad. I mean, I, you know, I, I've known Joel a long time and I was actually excited to spend a bit of time with him. um The lady, Manon, didn't go this year. She didn't fancy it, um, just wanted a little bit longer of a time off. It is, you know, it's a big uh, emotional um commitment to sort of, you know, get going at the start of the year and to, and to work really hard. And, and I think that. Um, you know, we had a long season last year so i, so, I mean i was i wasn't 100 convinced i was going to go to remember when i had to make the decision in december in december but you know committed to it and she decided not to so uh yeah joel and i were gonna hook up and 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 sort of do the traveling thing together uh and staying in the same hotel and what sort of stuff split some costs but yeah poor chap made it over uh, sends me a text oh yeah i'm just arriving in sydney i'll see you in a few hours so i call him a couple of times you know a few hours later because i was trying to you know uh Organised for him to be able to get into the hotel room without me being there, and uh, I get a call many hours later saying, "Yeah, Fred, I'm going to have to turn around and go home. I've been uh, detained. um Detained, I guess, isn't the word. That's that's probably a bit dramatic. But he he was sort of you know put in a in in, in one of those places you go if you haven't been granted an- entry to the country, and then he was turned around and shipped back the next day. Which I got to say, I mean, apart from all the stress not being able to, able to compete in Moomba, I mean, I just having to do 30 hours plus on a plane, then wait in a in a hotel for a day and then turn back around absolutely miserable so my I was uh yeah I was very sad for him
0: yes indeed and because it was a federally mandated deportation he can't return for three years right
2: yeah but he you know I I feel like I don't know I mean I don't know I mean I'm optimistic for him I think it's not he didn't do any lying he just he had a you know maybe the wrong person at the door or whatever it is I don't know the full details of it but He'll be all right. I mean, I think the sad thing for him, and really maybe for the water ski community, was that he would have done a lot of, um, a lot of good at the at the Moomba Masters. I mean, the guy's an incredible jumper, an incredible tricker, and a and a you know very very good slalom skier, and I reckon he'd have gone down there and and pushed for three podiums really.
0: And I mean, and he's generally good for the sport as well. I mean, I mean any any of you that have an Instagram account or 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 do any kind of stuff online uh, see, uh. See him, you know, like plastered everywhere. So for him, him to be involved in the Moomin Masters would have definitely raised the profile a little bit, and uh, probably as much as that little little thing with uh, with Neely Ross a, a few days ago that uh, that uh, went into uh, onto the the into the Today Show on Nine Network, right?
2: I didn't see that. I saw her in the Daily Mail, that absolute rag from the uh, from the UK, which I thought was pretty disappointing that that they decided to sort of, you know, take the angle they did with Neely um, to sort of, you know, to, to focus on, uh, well, they sort of said that she wasn't wearing enough clothes or something ridiculous, but I mean, uh, you know, she's, she's another one doing great stuff for the sport. And um, uh, yeah, it would have been great for, for Joel to have been there. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, I did text him. I said, Joel, I'm excited to see, you know, what you come up with to sort of, you know, take the mick out of this situation uh, on Instagram. And he, he came back and he's like, I might not. I might, I might let Lithuan lie and then just kind of crack on and leave it be, yeah, which is probably smart because he does want to get back in next year and he needs to win all those Moomba titles that he's you know, destined to win.
0: Yes, absolutely. I did see a few posts afterwards and he was very, very coy with uh, with uh, the fact that he wasn't able to make it to Moomba this year. But let's, let's go past Moomba a little bit and let's try and give a little bit of a summation of how last year uh, t- turned out for you uh you, you skied in pretty much every major slalom event that was going on last year competing in the world championships all of, all of that kind of stuff so taking all of those into account how do you, how well do you reckon last season went for you
2: uh, yeah i mean it was it was so it was a really interesting season for me because it was split into three thirds there was the first third it was 12 tournaments basically the first mm-hmm. the first third i was really happy with uh Second at Swiss, went and won Masters, which is you know second time, and uh, obviously that's kind of it's a dream to win that tournament. I was and, and the way it went down, I went and got a big score in the final, and that was fantastic. And then um, Lake Thirty Eight was great, and uh, yeah, and then I guess what was after that San Gervais. like so I kind of I you know I, the first third was really really good. I think I performed pretty well, and then the next third after sort of getting a weird little sort of. I don't niggling's not even the word, it's the sort of strange uh what can be best described as a sort of armpit injury where I was having mm. sort of tendons screwing up uh with my with my tricep muscles and getting detached and stuff. I had to take a month off mid season. So the next third had four tournaments and I was I was not skiing well at all in practice. I felt like I was turning up, you know, completely on the back foot, underprepared and not, you know, not really there to win. And I was kind of getting, you know, second, second, first, second or whatever. So then came into the um To the world championships and i was skiing really really good malibu world championships mastercraft miami i didn't get on the podium in any of them having sort of been first or second for most of the tournaments throughout the year um and just really disappointed so i was all a bit confused uh you know it was it was it it was an odd year because yeah i mean the start of the year i was skiing well in practice and skiing well in tournaments middle of the year skiing terrible in practice but getting the results and then on balance that I should have been getting the better results at the end of the year because I was seeing my best of the year then. And then it just, I just couldn't, couldn't line it up, but you know, there you go. That's, I guess that's part of being uh, an athlete. And I think, you know, the level, the level was high and um, I will, I, I've got a few ideas of t- as to why, and I, I've made some changes over the winter. And so fortunately, I'm you know, back on the podium, uh, second spot at Moomba. So wanting to kind of, you know, stay around there and a bit higher for the rest of the year.
0: Let's wind back to San Gervasio a little bit, because that was the tournament that uh, that you made that that for the grace of whoever resides upstairs, you were actually able to get a ski to ski on because some some airline didn't really see the uh, the upside in you actually having having your own ski for that particular tournament. I,
2: I've been pretty unlucky this last year. I mean, actually, they lost my skis on the way to Moomba, but I got there uh, just. I mean, just you know, two or three weeks ago. Um, that was who, who were they Qantas good old Qantas they Lovely. yeah they they to be fair they delivered them within about five or six hours of, of, of me arriving so that was fine but then on the way back I didn't have them for two or three days um so I lost them both ways but yeah last yeah Sanchez was kind of miserable but I turned up I wasn't so much worried about the ski I, I turned up and I had this sort of pain in my in my you know the top of my uh tricep and and so I was sort of told I had it diagnosed and they said it you know it could get pretty bad if I ruptured um there so I I made a painful decision to to pull out of um of the of the head to head round you know before going up against Thomas de Gasperi and that was i mean anyone that knows me will will know that I I'm not someone that likes to give up in water skiing so no. that was that was actually really hard i really yeah was really upset about that but but then i you know i took a month off after that and um healed it up and um it was a bit a bit of a shame really to sort of lose the momentum that i had from the start of the year but you know it was all right
0: yeah and you yeah, and you did say you're a little bit of a little bit of a A punny expression there the the painful decision that you had to to make (laughs) on there because i mean you i mean it was i mean absolutely from my perspective i mean well i was looking forward to seeing you ski a little bit further on the tournament and then then the then the thing came through on the radio and then you were on camera like saying that you just couldn't ski anymore you know so i mean so i mean if i mean if you can continued skiing Chances are you probably wouldn't have made it even as far as the World Championships at that point.
2: Well, who's to say? But I mean, it, you know, I, I I did I did enough to take home fourth, um, and you know, I covered my costs for that tournament and got a you know a few points for the tour, uh, which was nice. But um, yeah, I, I just think you know, once you get out on the water, you you, you kind of got to be either go 100 or or don't do it. So I I just thought that you know Thomas is a hell of a skier, and if he'd have run you know halfway down 41 I, I would have probably really tried to go for it and then potentially would have hurt myself and then like yeah like i said like you said I, I could have been out for the whole rest of the year and that just would not have been worth it not you know San vasio is a hell of a tournament uh one of my favorites but it you know not worth ruining a season for
0: yes and San Giovanni part of the waterski pro tour which you are actively involved in uh in uh, being being involved uh, with uh with that entity uh it's celebrated uh i think I think it's the second uh, last season was the second season, or was it the inaugura- first. the first yes. season, the inaugural season? So, uh, taking into account what what has transpired, what transpired from the start all the way through to the finish how how do you think the Water Ski Pro Tour uh, did so far as being a a bona fide series for the world's elite skiers to compete in for uh, for seat for seasoned end honors?
2: Well, I, I think I probably. Like to hear more from your listeners than 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 sort of put an opinion out there, but I mean I would like to hope, and I and I do believe actually that um, it took over from the elite uh, system which preceded it, and it's very much based on um, but just you know the Pro Tour had a more visible and more marketed uh, and more maybe understandable um, way of ranking the skiers from end to end, and I think that. Um, through the various communications, social media, the, the website, um, all of these things have added up to you know helping to, along with what you guys are doing, uh, which is probably the absolutely most important thing that's happening in water skiing right now, uh, with the water ski broadcasting company um, helps that's you know to build that buzz and, and contribute to that. So I'd, I'd I'd hope that's the case.
0: All right then. So. Uh... Any anything we anything we should be on the lookout for whenever the uh, the Walski Pro Tour gets uh, gets up and running again because uh, the first event is Swiss Pro Slalom, obviously one of my personal favorites. Of course, yeah. everyone's
2: one of everyone's personal favorites. The very very famous tournament.
0: Yes, indeed. So, any anything we should look, be on the lookout for, so far as the series is concerned, going into it uh, sophomore year.
2: Um, I think, uh, well, it's going to be. Uh, more of the same and and then and then a few more things that 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 are being worked on behind the scenes um uh we've got 14 events currently registered for the tour which is great um uh you know across there's there's, i mean the the thing that i'm biased but i mean one of the things i'm massively excited for which i think you'll share in is is the fact that we've got such a really good european uh series of events Mm -hmm. you know because look this is a, a hugely US influenced sport, and, and and the US is really the home of the sport. But uh, it's really nice. Like we we had uh, Australia this year uh, already, and then there's going to be five events in five weekends uh, coming up uh, through mid, I guess, end of June through to through to the end of, of July. That we you know, it's it, and that's actually it's the most densely populated period in in the whole of the season. So we're going to go uh, late June. It's uh, it's Sesenia. For the Botas Ski Pro Am, mm-hmm. then it's uh, then we're over to San Givazio, the sort of the the tentpole event of the uh, of of the European situation over there. Then on to Greece, Kayafer is one of the most amazing lakes you've uh, you could ever see. Uh, first year event. Then Norway, where actually y- you were there. I, I won my uh, first uh, under twenty one Europeans there all those years ago. And then mm-hmm. and then on to. Um, uh, and then onto uh, the duel in the UK, which is actually really cool. It's going to be side by side slalom, four boy course, side by side, and that's that's really really exciting. That they're uh, they've got some you know new and innovative ideas. So we're going to see over five weeks. I imagine all the top skiers will come over for it because that's just you know you can't miss that amount of tournaments. You know, like it, it, it's a great opportunity to to go and really enjoy uh, around the world. And I think that you know what we're so fortunate in europe is like you know you have these five weekends you can really get as a skier you can get a real good spice of all these different countries in a short period of time and have a really good reason to go there
0: of course during uh during its inaugural season last year i mean the uh the points the point system uh, went went through went through some tweaking some modifications to take into account that may that because the pandemic there there were there there, there wouldn't there wasn't that many readily available opportunities for a lot of the skiers to get from one place to another so so by the time the end of the season came around we the the points were kind of modified a, a little bit uh not to deny any 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 skiers of any particular honors but just to, but just to keep it fair uh has I
2: I, I I i'm not i just gotta ask you what you mean there tony i think that it, it's a continuation of the of the uh, elite point system where just because people cannot you know unfortunately at the moment there are the finances in water skiing you cannot sort of in, in some ways in um you know in quotes force any skiers to go to every mm-hmm. single event so uh with the elite system you know if there was 10 events you had to go to five or six of them i forget what it was and it's kind of the same as what it is now so you basically now you can pick your 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 I think there's 14 events this year, which will mean that um, you know it'll be seven or so for, or I forget which what it is across uh, each uh, discipline. But you know, if there's uh, there's going to be a few throwaway events at each uh, for each um, skier, but uh, you can take the best events and that contributes to your to your score, which then is the one that sort of ranks you uh, as opposed to all the other skiers.
0: All right then. So, let's uh, let's focus in a little bit uh, on you personally. I mean, obviously, last season challenging in a lot of aspects, you know, and uh, you were you were able to get you were able to win the the Masters and uh, and then able to uh, to ski out the season type deal. Now, what do you typically do over the off season? To get ready for for something like Moonber, and then then afterwards, then there's that little bit of a lull between Moomba and the next next pro event. I mean, I mean, how do you train? How do you prepare yourself for something like that?
2: I I don't have the definitive answer, that's for sure. But um, what I what I know is that when I come back, um, you know, like I said, a little bit overweight, underskied, probably taking a month off in mid January, I try and ski a lot, and I've always skied a lot. Um, just to get my feet back underneath me and all that sort of stuff. And then I, you know, this year I took a slightly different approach. I spent a little bit more time in the gym. Um, just, I've sort of more focused on on being lighter, I guess. In the last few years, this year I'm, this year I'm just kind of going to be a little bit stronger. See how that plays out. Um, you got to, you know, you got to. I'm I'm a seasoned pro now at this point. I've kind of been doing this for quite a few years. So you got to kind of uh, try different things to to see what works. So, um, but yeah, I, I worked really really hard before Mumba, and I I couldn't have gone there sort of having tried anything else if that makes sense like I, I i i knew that's kind of the the thing that gives me peace like if i screw up at a tournament well you know did i did i go out drinking that night no i didn't like you know did it did i eat all the donuts that i wanted to eat no i didn't you know what i mean it's like i i i you know did i train as much as i possibly could yes did i do all the stuff off the water right yes i did so then you know if you if you screw up then you kind of go well there you go you know it's i i, I just it just didn't work out um so yeah, I worked I work really hard before Moomba. And then, you know, as much as that's kind of hard to, to sort of... It's, it's a fair amount of heartache because inevitably... I mean, I'll, I'll be straight with you. I mean, three weeks before the Moomba tournament, I I was like throwing my ski around, uh, very upset with my performance in practice. I mean, I, I I left my ski out in the middle of the lake for about an hour just because I couldn't, I couldn't even look at it again because it was going so badly. And I was like, man, I'm going to have to cancel this flight. I spent so much money. You know, this is ridiculous. So... Um, But, you know, you go through that heartache and then, and, and then, you know, I've, I've ended up here, you know, we're sort of five weeks out from the season and and I've actually skied quite a lot. So I'm actually trying to take a bit of a break. I'm trying to kind of let my body just recover. I've not skied that much in the last, uh, you know, I've probably had three or four, five sets in the last two weeks, two and a half weeks since I got back from Moomba or whatever it is. Um, And uh, yeah. And then it is going to be a slog this year i mean we, we we this is the most tournaments i think we've ever had in a year as as a, as a pro skier to the, to the point where i'm almost gonna have to start thinking well okay maybe i'm not gonna go to that one the, you know the points aren't that good there the money's not that good there um maybe i need to take a bit of a rest um mm-hmm. not necessarily something's in my nature but but you know it's not always good to drive your body into the ground because you need to i need to be there's big big tournaments at the end of this year you yeah. know um i need to be able to be really fit for the Malibu Open for the Mastercraft Pro for the Miami, you know, King of Darkness, all that sort of stuff that's at the very end of the year. So, um, yeah, I need to, you know, it, it's going to be more than any other year. Uh, me and all the guys I ski against, um, and, and everyone involved in pro skiing, it's going to be a case of uh, of pacing ourselves instead of going full throttle the whole time. There's this sort of myth that you know you've got to work, you've got to work so hard all the time, and that's the only way to achieve. And I think that I've learned more and more that that's wrong. You, the days off are as important as the days on. Um, do, Work smarter, not harder. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, you know, I, I used to think that if I if I could ski fifteen sets a week, then that would be better than skiing ten sets a week. But now I know that probably seven sets a week is better than both, <laughs> um, in some ways.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, I hear this a lot from our, from our, from other competitors. You know, I mean, like some some of the elite top jumpers hardly hit the jump these days i mean they're out cutting around cutting and passing that type of deal you know i mean and that and like from the jumpers perspective every time you hit the ramp it, you just you just open yourself up to more and more damage you know potentially but if you go and kind of cut around and just try and keep your fitness up and keep your keep your drive going in that regards then that probably does more good for you and i'm guessing it's the same it's the same, same way a little little bit with slalom where you're where you're probably not doing like really deep short line passes like going into 39 and 41 off but concentrating on getting the earlier passes nice and smooth so you're not expending that much energy
2: yeah yeah and i mean honestly there's something to be said for that i mean i I, I'll, i'll go pretty short most of the time when i ski you know at least once throughout the set but you know towards the end of last year i was in i was in ski paradise in mexico and i I just, I didn't actually shorten the rope past 35, like for pretty much the whole week. I think I might've had one go at the end, but just, I was just trying to like, you know, align my body in a better position, you know, understand that I could, you know, ride a slightly different part of the ski, which would give me a better line to the next boy, And uh, of course that's, you know, I sort of had had to put faith in the fact that that was actually going to help me because it's not that enjoyable, quite frankly, you know, (laughs) that's kind of boring. But but, uh, I think it's given me a little bit of something. I mean, I went to Moomba and I ran... 39 or you know 10.75 in five out of five rounds which I was just so pleased with because that's not a particularly easy thing to do there it's it's tricky okay I didn't make much of an impression on 41 but um, you know to skiing in rollers you have to it's all about balance you can't just be turning hard and pulling hard so I was I was happy with that and that seemed to be an improvement in my in my ability to deal with rollers so so that was really good news I think
0: all right then. So, uh, so yeah, you did did mention Moomba again, you know, and it's famous for its current, you know, like a few seasons ago before the before the pandemic, they had the King Current come through when Thomas de Gatsby was skiing. Uh, that's that's an extreme scenario there for that kind of thing. Not a lot of people out there listening to this get ever get to ski with with flowing water going in one direction or indeed the other. So. I mean, for the benefit of the folks that haven't experienced that, how does that kind of manifest itself, you know, when you're skiing on the water? I mean, do you do you honestly feel that much different whenever the current is flowing behind you or ahead of you or that type of deal?
2: I, it just honestly, what it manifests is fear. You're sort of you're, you're you're sitting on the sides and it's 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 slightly salty, right, at Moomba. So you see the boat go through and then and and it creates like bubbles on the water, like from the spray. Okay, right behind the boat, and then you see those bubbles instead of sitting there and kind of being blown around by the wind, they just start flowing down the lake. And you're like, or down the river. And you're like, what on earth? So it it was really interesting. The first day, and this was actually, you know, all of the people I, I skied against and was having a chat with, they all kind of agreed. The first day that we skied was really really tough. It was a big tail current. Uh, with a bit of a tailwind from the from the start dock so what's actually weird is you'll hop in um, and this is what is something that only ha- it happens once a year when I Moomba. you get in the water and then you know you're used to kind of getting in and the boat sort of moves away from you, you get a tightrope but the boat sort of is moving away from you slowly but you're catching up with it because you, because the, 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 it's a lot easier for the for the current to push you than the boat so you end up actually kind of getting close to the boat it, it's it's really strange so yeah in terms of the skiing you know there's a lot of other people that you could ask that would have a better idea than me um you know Manon, for example she always makes the final there she skied there you know hundreds of times um and and me where i've kind of gone there and not always made the final have missed out on a lot of rounds to, to learn but this year i just felt in the first round like with that tail current it just felt hard to get wide it just like you had the tail current so, so it's kind of pushing you down the lake but also you come in the other way and and it's again it's 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 pushing you narrow wow so so uh and and what was amazing to me was um on the uh on the first day you know you're trying to get anything past i think it was like four at uh 11 four at 38 to make the next round and it it felt very very hard and then that evening we skied in the dark and there was no current and it felt so easy comparatively and then the next day we go out and it's a little bit of current not as much the first day it's better but it's not as it's you know it's not that great and it's not as good as the night so fortunately for the final we actually had basically no current that was great so it actually skis okay there and you know we had a great boat driver um we had you know it, everything was lined up apart from the rollers and you know it, it kind of honestly i was i was disappointed to not run a few more boys maybe not a few but i mean i i think two i i could i could have you know gone a little further and i was a bit disappointed with that but you know there you go i, I second is all right um and I feel like I've got room to move into. Hopefully,
0: all right then. So, uh, I, I mean, a lot of people listen to this and uh, li- listening to you being a high echelon slalom skier that you are, uh, who who who, pro- who probably who probably trains, you know, and and like goes through like specific steps or, or 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 things that you that you that you go through your mind, certain goals, certain things that you want to want to achieve in a particular ski set i mean that i've even seen instances where people get uh, that that painter's tape and put that on their ski and then write down there that their key points and that kind of stuff is that something that you do yourself either either mentally or, or or actually physically do by marking marking the ski you know just just to hit certain potential physical goals when you're out there on the water or mental goals
2: yeah funny enough it's funny you mentioned that because I have in my life I've seen people do that with the tape on the ski and I was kind of been like well oh, that's, that's bloody weird um but actually I did it this year like <laughs> I, you know I, I yeah in my sort of you know disastrous state before moonbra I'm like okay I just need to go back to basics you know I was really struggling and I went went back to basics and just you know just f- all my little keys of how I get balanced I mean for me it water skiing is it's not really people get it wrong i think that like you know it's all about the turn well it's not it's about it's about the balance into the turn i think that's my you know it's a, it's a strength into my onside it's a weakness into my offside so i would i just have a few key things that i'm working on trying to try and get more balance through my offside as change which will give me more chance of being balanced and stable into the offside so i can turn the hell out of it on a more you know consistent basis so that's yeah those those are my keys generally if i'm gonna if i'm gonna have you know three or four or five keys that it, it's right there
0: yeah because it's managing that load isn't it Whether the where the load you take off the turn the the load you maintain behind the boat and if, if you feel any in in any way shape or form uncomfortable doing that on on in each of those aspects then your balance is all the way off coming in coming into your edge change into the next buoy and that that has a cascading effect doesn't it
2: yeah and i mean i've got a big onside turn and i mean you know it's it's really nice to have that and that's kind of in some ways the bread and butter of my skiing, like I can turn the hell out of a, out of a two, four and six, but obviously the harder you turn the heart that then generally the harder you have to uh, load in order to not get pulled back over. Um, So you've got to deal with that. And yeah, if you just get compressed towards, towards the water, then you're going to go straight towards the next boy. So you've got to be strong enough to, to withstand that load, but also you've got to be, uh, I don't know cat-like enough to 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 get that balance in the right spot and to you know to to keep yourself keep your weight over your feet and 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 continue moving out and and in front of the next boy instead of straight towards it
0: all right then so yeah out comes out the painter's tape and the and the and the the sharpie you know and I'm I'm sure we're going to be seeing that a lot and Maybe maybe one or two people will just sneak a peek over the tip of the ski just to see what's written down. So what is written down? You,
2: well, you won't see me with it at pro events. That's one hundred percent for sure. That's uh, okay. I, I won't be doing that. Is it? I had. It I've on, seen
0: Chelsea Mills do it, and she still has it on the tip of her ski.
2: I know, but she, you know, and that's and that's uh, and that's her choice. Um, no, I mean, I I think it's great, but I just I I. I like my ski to look very nice visually, and you know when I'm in front of the cameras, it's got to look just so. So we're not going to have any stupid tape on there.
0: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, we've done we've gone a little bit through top tips type, type deal a, a little bit uh, with uh, maintaining balance. Now there are a lot of people that are listening to this that that are trying to get their boat set up for the season type deal, uh, getting get getting getting everything dialed in uh i know you work particularly closer with with matt with mastercraft on 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 their boats and their design and and all of that kind of and all that kind of stuff so are there any are there any top tips that you have for boats owner owners to to get the best performance out of their boats to be to to actually have skiing performances more more conducive to the to the higher ones
2: my um my good friend Marcus Brown, uh, he he is very. He says it's very important to put ninety three in your boat. That's one thing I know. Ninety three octane. No, I'm kidding. He, he,
0: he Yeah, I, yeah.
2: He, he definitely doesn't think that. He he says, listen.
0: Another eighty cents a gallon. Boom. He's
2: he's like just just go ski. You know, go enjoy it. But I mean, I think I think that. I don't know, honestly. I mean, I I would say just make sure that you've got your boat balanced. You know, if, if, you're, if you're 150 pounds, then put 150 pounds on the other side of the boat. And that probably means that the boat should be balanced. That's the first thing I do when I get out of the water at any time in a tournament, in a in a practice set. I, I get up and I just see how flat the boat is sitting. Because I know that if it's sitting to one side, it's going to have a funny wake. Uh, and it's also going to have the, um, the pylon, you know, slightly facing in the wrong direction. So I'm going to be getting, you know, strange whips here and there. So I'll often, you know, at the end of the, I mean, some of the boat judges that I've, Um, had in the boat for me over the years they'll probably think I'm very strange I'll sort of be like hey um, excuse me do you mind moving over just uh, three quarters of an inch to your left and they're like what is wrong with you but uh, but, so I'm I'm always moving people around in the boat shift
0: yourself half an ass. yeah
2: exactly yeah well and then and then uh the, the funny one is when you have the vote Joe sort of like you know standing up and then sort of and then you know pulling the rope or something or i don't know what they would be doing in between passes but it does happen and they'll kind of sit back down at a different place and you're like oh, 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 hey, hey hey move back move back um i don't think i'm i, I don't have uh, a sort of a personality where i'm super you know uh, overly sort of detail oriented and 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 stressed out about the about minor things, but when, when it comes to my skiing, I I do, um, which is not necessarily a good thing because it can, you can sort of get in your head a little bit. But yeah, I mean that's I always try and get the boat level. That's a that's a if you want to if you want to hear the thing that I that I make sure I do every time. Um, that's something that I definitely always do.
0: What about weight balance, bow to stern?
2: That's front to back, is it? Yeah. Front, so yeah. excuse my ignorance as someone that spends many many hours in the boat, I don't know that. Um. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, people, I, I, that's not something I do know about. I mean, people like to throw um, 50 pounds of of lead or whatever in the front of the boat, which they will say improves the driving and maybe takes a little bit away from the, from the wakes. But you know what? I don't know. I don't know that. And I don't really want to go into it because... It'll just stress me out because I don't want to turn up. At a t- That's something I can't control. If I turn up at a tournament, and I'll be like, Hey, you got that 50 pounds in the bow, they're going to go, No. And I'll be like, Oh, oh, crap, balls. <laughs> you know? So, so I, I can move a boat judge around. I, I can't do anything with that. So I, yeah, I, I try and f- it's best to fo- focus on the things you can control and, and not get overly stressed about the things that you can't. So
0: unfortunately for a few of our friends out there there are uh, current geopolitical events that uh, that, that have gotten uh, completely uh, si- sideways uh, especially when it comes uh, to, uh, to 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 skiers who are uh, out of Belarus and Russia and uh, and you know other, other places around, around the area because of the the conflict and now they're finding around around about this date that this podcast is uh, is published around about uh, towards the end of March, that that they're unable to ski, they they can't they can't ski in the event uh, because they've been excluded by the IWWF from doing so. And I mean I know that a few of your friends you know were were, were like rubbing their hands and like really looking forward to the season coming up, and then a thing comes down saying yo you can't ski i mean i mean what i mean what's your take on that right now
2: we're we're getting political okay i'm gonna choose my words carefully here i i think obviously it's a it's a horrendous 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 thing what's happening in ukraine i you know no one is a fan of um war and russia should basically calm the hell down which i mean I, i don't know what the hell that's all about and i feel awful for danilo who you've had on the podcast and i've you know been in touch with him a little bit um and you know poor chap is just having an, and all the rest of them having an incredibly hard time but you know without being unsympathetic unsympathetic to that at all i do think it's a shame that you know my friend sasha deniskaya who's uh an old friend from university wasn't able to go ski at moomba i, I really don't think that her participation in or out is going to make any difference on this war and i think that to me was you know I can get it at the top level. I think I think that you know should should Russia uh, be entering the World Cup uh, in football or soccer? Probably not. You know I can see why the Olympics didn't want him in or the Paralympics because uh, uh, it all happened after the after the uh, traditional Olympics. Um, didn't want them in. Do I think that what's happening in water skiing is going to change the minds of? Putin or any of the the people making the decisions in that war, no. And I think it was an opportunity. You know, the, the IOC um, made a recommendation, not a mandate, and I think that that was an opportunity to sort of say that, you know, it, we're gonna. The, it would have been nice for, for the water skiers to be able to go. I don't, I, you know, I don't want to go too much further than that. But I, I, I was sad for Sasha, and I think that her participation in Moomba would have been positive not negative, you know, skiing under a different flag or whatever it was. And I, you know, I think I, that's probably just an emotional thing, uh, because I really like her and, you know, she's the overall world champion and she's a, an unbelievable skier and a very, very nice person. Um, but you know, a decision was made not that way. And I, I hope that, I just hope that it's reviewed, you know, uh, uh, at a suitable period and, 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 and the world changes to where we don't need to make these decisions. Um, and I wonder if I'm gonna get in trouble for even putting that opinion out there, Tony. <laughs> so you you walked me into a bear trap, but there you go.
0: Well, I mean it's, it's 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 the thing that's going on in the world today. So I mean I mean and how it relates to our sport, I mean, is so is very clear. I mean, with the Belarusian skiers and what have you. So I figured it would it would be it would be something, you know, interesting interesting to raise. But you're here over at Bennett's. Uh, the reason why we're doing this face to face is you're here at Bennett's uh, ski school in Zachary, Louisiana, conducting a uh, a clinic with uh, with with, some, with some, a great group group of skiers. Uh, some of them are coming from Kansas, you know, to have the privilege to, to ski alongside you and get your uh, your expertise and your take on upon their skiing. Uh, Give, give us give us your take on on how important something like that is, to, in order for you to kind of you know evan- evangelize you know you know water skiing and uh, and and high level coaching in in clinics such as these.
2: Yeah, I mean i, I do a, I do a lot of coaching. I mean, I, I'm at uh, the boarding school nine or you know nine plus months a year, when I'm not competing. Um, I'm there, uh, and you know, this sort of thing is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really something I enjoy. I'm here for Mastercraft and, and, um, it's going to be a really fun weekend. We've just arrived. Um, uh, and we're, you know, looking forward to a lot of, a lot of good skiing in the next few days. Um, you mentioned, you know, evangelize. I'm not sure. I, I think that it's, it's really important for skiers to, to, you know, get out there and i mean you know try and try and raise a profile of sport in any way that we can i mean we're not you know no one's retiring to the bahamas right yeah Uh, i think that um if if you know i would say it's i hope i mean it's in my nature to kind of want to be friendly to people and kind of go out and 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 get involved in this sort of thing um you know but i i think that every skier that there is should do their best to promote the sport and to kind of do the things that are going to help it grow and i believe that you know being involved in stuff that is promoting the sport is always is positive is positive, and I mean that we 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 certainly agree and I'm sure the listenership will all agree that the that water skiing is not in the place that it should be I mean it's it, it is unfortunately uh ignored by the major players in in terms of the media and and you know and and there's not a big fan base which hopefully we're all changing so let's uh yeah I mean I'm I'm happy to contribute in any way that I can to 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 get it back to where it should be and that's you know the front and center of of uh of the world's you know uh, focus.
0: I was about to ask you that. What what in your opinion, what what in your opinion is the place that where water skiing should be in in you know in your opinion?
2: Well I mean you know when water skiing will never maybe I'm just incredibly naive, I don't know, but I, I have a feeling that water skiing could, could could get to you know a fairly serious um you know, contender on, on, on the world stage, or, or certainly a lot more than, you know, that's obviously at the absolute, you know, maximum. And a lot of things would have to line up uh, for that to happen. But, you know, people talk about, oh, water skiing is so expensive and, and water skiing is, uh, it's not that accessible. Well, you know, bloody hell, neither is Formula One. Or, and,
0: or soccer, for that matter, if you want it, if you want to go through, through the, uh, the pathway on that.
2: Well, yeah, but I think, I think that is very accessible. And, you know, in, England where we grew up Tony like you know you walk out every day and someone's kicking a ball around I mean someone's always got a football but I think that you know we'll never those big sports um, football you know rugby cricket well cricket you know if we're talking on a global basis I mean that's one of the biggest sports there is you know through India Pakistan and all of that and then over here american football hockey and like these these team sports that they're they're always going to be front and center but i mean you know we've seen in the the massive swing in popularity of formula one uh in the last few years with the just because they promoted it better right i mean dri- the drive to survive thing netflix is, yeah it's it, it's unbelievable when he like it was formula one was obviously very big i mean it was it had a lot of followers but you know i was i was having uh dinner with with the with the fonts the other day um and uh, you know they have probably
0: got Checo posters in the back there somewhere, haven't they? Well, they.
2: What well, the funny thing about it was that uh, is that uh, Martina, who's you know I don't know twelve thirteen years old, she's a diehard Max Verstappen fan, which which you know. Not everyone's right about everything. I mean, that's Verstappen um, is a is a is a terrible dude, but um, uh, uh, <laughs> and he, you heard it here. He, first. He, and he got very lucky last year. But I, it's it, what's amazing about that is that she's so young and and she's female, and she wouldn't. She's not. Ten years ago, she would be the last person that would be a fan of of you know Formula One motor racing, but she is now. And so I think that this is a demonstration of if we if water skiing pulls the right levers and does things the right way, with uh, you know a unified tour with the right media going out. Um, you know which and 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 great broadcasts Um, then we can be you know we're not gonna be formula one but we could be on the way to being there we could certainly not be you know an absolute footnote which is where we have been in the last few years Um, there's a huge opportunity in water skiing I mean like the with what you guys are doing the webcasts are at a level where people who don't watch water skiing are watching it you know like I have friends friends of friends uh, who you know It's being passed down the line. I mean, I have a lot of a lot of my friends in England will watch it, and they'll watch it every week, and they don't know anything about wood skiing, and then they'll get their friends involved, and actually, you know, there's a bit of a following happening, which is great. But there's a product there which is good enough to support that. So we've got to do all the stuff around it to get people to watch that, and then it's just a Christmas tree effect, you know, or you know, like one person gives to two, and then to two, and then to two, you know, pay it Mm -hmm. forward. Oh, yeah, right, snowball rolling down a hill. All of these tired metaphors, but there is there's a lot we can do. And I think that, you know, yeah, when it, it suddenly there's not going to be billionaire water skiers, but like I say, my belief is that in 10 years and we can, you know, maybe I won't be at the very top in 10 years. Um, but I believe that the skiers that are, could be making really good money and not just sort of getting by. And that, and that's really good money for the 10th placed guy, not only number one and two or whatever it is, you know, or like, It's hard right now to make a living in water skiing. I believe that you know, if done right, there can be enough non-endemic sponsors and you know viewership across Mm -hmm. the board from from non-water skiers um, to 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 grow the sport. And I think you know, of course, on top of that, as as the pro side of this gets more eyeballs on it, the the sport's going to grow overall. So I mean, it's like it's you know, there's there's two ways to grow out sport and that's from the bottom up. And then there's also from the top down. So, you know, we'd, and this is more the top down approach where the top of the pyramid sort of, you know, is, is shown and then people start building more and more and more. So, you know, it, every when that works for everyone, if, if we have a very highly functioning pro scene, suddenly there's more skis being sold, there's more boats, there's more memberships, there's more clubs, you know, all of these things are really positive. So I think it's something that I believe, you know, we can all get behind. And it's certainly my, you know, Apart from competing in, in pro water skiing, my big passion is, is to try and you know help help us all get to that that point.
0: The International Federation should it take more a more active role, or uh, should it should it leave uh, the, the high echelon portions of tournament water skiing uh, in the hands of something like the water ski pro tour going forward, Do you see?
2: Well, I, I think the International Federation. What's amazing about the International is that there are there's some extremely dedicated people working very very hard. Um, you know with the rules and you know helping judges get qualified and you know and, and and drivers and all these sorts of things and they create the framework that by which the sport is run, um which is so valuable. And I think that, you know, the International Federation is partnered with the Water Ski Pro Tour. Um, and it, so it's a winner on both ends. So I think um I think it's set up really well to, you know, for success now. I think that um I think that the the, the improvement in the last year or so has been that there's more of an emphasis on marketing what's going on instead of you know the 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 list of the top skiers living on a website that no one really would think to go to and actually having it sort of pushed out and sort of you know pushed in people's faces a bit more um and there'll be more of that going forward and you know more avenues will be explored and um hopefully that'll be to the benefit of of your typical water ski viewer you know the, the and and so the casuals can become can become, become the diehards and then we can make the non the people don't know anything about it become the casuals and you know just build that fan base so um yeah i think i you know i believe in the system that we have that you know we couldn't do this without the international federation they they're integral to the whole of water skiing and um you know into the whole pyramid the what, what water ski pro tour is um trying to promote is is just the very tip top of water skiing and there's a lot of i mean the majority of water skiing is 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 not at that level but the the grassroots and the people trying to you know run their 22 offs and get their score in a tournament or whatever it is that's that's huge you know and and and, and the international like you can't do that with, without a centralized international federation so that's and that's what it's there for
0: all right uh, uh, redirecting back to you this season coming up 2022 uh, b- before we round off uh, the podcast, which I which I sincerely thank you for uh, f- for being a part of, you know, at rather short notice. But what I- what are your goals and expectations for this season? I mean, I mean, what what kind of lofty ambition do you have set out in front of you that you'd say, okay, I've done this, I feel good about myself.
2: I mean, I haven't started a season, you know, in a long time without saying. You know, I want to win everything. And I and I believe, you've got to believe that you can. And there's been seasons where I've won a lot and there's been seasons where I've won a little bit less. But last year, I, I was so happy. Honestly, I was so happy with how the first, you know, two thirds that season went because, you know, I, I I was skiing well, I won the big tournaments. And then even when I wasn't skiing that well, I was still getting the results. That's huge. So the last third was a very big disappointment. But I, th- I think that this this one, I mean, hopefully I've done the work over the over the winter to where I can be competitive everywhere. Yeah, we've got Swiss, we've got Masters, um uh, which is you know end of may and then and then we move on to sort of uh you know a few more different continents and then we you know it, it it's a it's a huge year and it's one of the biggest years we've ever had so i'm gonna i'm gonna try and go and win everything frankly um and you know it, there's skiers out there skiing incredibly incredibly well um in front of me and i've and and, and guys that are coming up who are younger than me and and that you know newer on the circuit than me who are doing really well so um there's a lot of motivation and you want to work as hard as you can and i've i've i'm just as motivated if not more motivated than i ever have been to to really keep going and 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 certainly don't plan to rest on my laurels anytime soon
0: Indeed, indeed. Now, if, uh, normally when I talk uh, to people on this uh, podcast, I give them the opportunity to say thanks or acknowledgments uh, to those folks that uh, that su- that support them uh, going forward. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, the mic is all yours in that respect.
2: OK, well, I always screw up here because I forget people, but um, well... <laughs> Cheesy, isn't it? It's like yeah, we didn't Gwyneth Paltrow like sort of break down crying at the Oscars. Or a Sally Field type moment. Yeah, and you sort of you just get a bit emotional and everyone thinks you're a bit of a knob But um <laughs> no, well, mum and dad, of course. <laughs> yeah. Or dad and mum. I got told off by my dad because I because at Moonbury I said I'd like to thank mum and dad. And he says it's dad and mum, Fred. It's dad and mum. <laughs> so, so them and um and 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 Manon and then and you know who's my training partner and and the person that's you know the day-to-day person has to deal with me through all my uh massive stress about skiing and 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 all the all the stuff that 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 entails but and and she does very well there but yeah you know all the people that i I ski with throughout the year ronnie barton has been massive for me the last three or four years she's just amazing and uh, a huge um huge you know support and 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 a great coach um and then, you know, Steve Glanfield, you know, Steve Glanfield, of, of course, course I do. Um, who's just a top chap, top banana, top banana looks after me and I go and ski with him in, in the summer. And I always look forward to that. And he's got a hell of a ski place over there, which he's built. This is, I think this is the 10th, the 10 year anniversary of when he started that, actually, which is really cool. The uh, Oxford Yeah, I think ski.
0: I, I think I saw something like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So I'll look forward to that in the summer. And then Dimitri Karunas in in Portaheli. Um, uh, well, I'll definitely manage to get to Greece and ski there this summer. So, and then my sponsors: okay, Mastercraft Boats, D3 okay. Skis, Aid Crew, Action Water Sports. Uh, da, 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 da. This is where I'm get really in big trouble, Tony. This is this is where I don't like this. No, the, all the people that support me. I mean, this is you know it means means a, a, a serious amount to be able to do what I do, and I couldn't think of doing anything else. So it's uh, it's wonderful to have that support.
0: All right, then, that was Freddie Winter. I'm Tony Lightfoot. This has been the latest edition of the TWBC podcast. And so until next time, it is Chow for
1: now. Thank you for listening to the TWBC podcast. Be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcast.